Women are inherently sensitive. It's our nature. At least, that's what we've learned to believe. Welcome back to Her Brain Matters. Today, we'll be discussing the label of female sensitivity. We hear that we're too sensitive if we don't laugh at certain jokes, or too emotional to make certain decisions. We're told we're making this a big deal, or that we're overreacting. Even the roots of the language we use each day supports this bias. The word hysteria, or hysteric, is used to describe when someone expresses emotional excess, rage, or anxiety. The root word, hyster, comes from the Greek word hystera, meaning womb or uterus. The uterus, responsible for birthing human life, becomes tied to being out of control. Women are diminished to their emotions. In the early 19th century, hysteria became the name of an illness diagnosed in women. Women were and are supposed as fundamentally emotionally weaker than men. First and foremost, let's debunk that, shall we? Over the past three decades, United States national polls have consistently returned results in which the majority of participants believe women are more emotional than men. Maybe it's something you believe yourself. This perception of women invalidates our strength. It belittles us. And it often stifles us. If a woman gets upset at a comment, she's being too sensitive. They say, lighten up, that's just how we talk, it's a joke. But if a man does, he's being protective. If a woman gets mad, she's crazy. If a man does, he's defending his pride. Sense the double standard? Contrary to the belief of the polls, men and women actually process emotions at the same exact rate. It's the expression or suppression of these emotions that sets the standard. The idea of women's sensitivity is a topic I was energized to dive into because I'm so in tune to this perception every single day. It unconsciously and consciously dictates my behavior. Whenever I have strong emotions or opinions, I feel a guilt in displaying them for fear that I'm contributing to or propagating this stereotype. There's a term in psychology that aptly describes this, and it's called a stereotype threat. This refers to an individual's fear of confirming negative stereotypes and thus stunts their potential. There is a researched and studied basis for this feeling. It's not just in our heads. Because of the stereotype threat, I feel like it's somehow my job to dismantle the stereotype by repressing emotions or justifying my feelings and apologizing for them. So, right now, I'm dedicating myself to stop apologizing for my feelings, and I hope you will too. I pledge to recognize my guilt when I feel it, but not let it control my expression of my emotions. Now, let's unpack what's happening in our brains, the chemical reactions and responses when we experience heightened emotions to better understand how we interact with the world around us, and to build up some confidence in our expressions of emotions. There are three primary theories, or lenses, through which we can examine gender differences in emotion. The biological theory, 
the social developmental theory, and the social constructionist theory. We'll start with biology. The biological theory of gender differences promotes that each gender has an innate biological difference in utero, after birth, and which develops over time. So on the biological level, what's different between emotions in the male and female brain? For starters, our hormones. A woman's average hormone cycle lasts 28 days, while a man's lasts 24 hours. With longer cycles comes more obvious highs and lows. We're familiar with the phrase and the dig, someone's PMSing. Our menstrual cycle, a feat of biology and one that enables life, has come to be seen as our weakness. A big player in the cast of emotional hormones is cortisol, the stress hormone. Our bodies release cortisol when we are experiencing a high level of stress. And this hormone presents in higher levels in women than men. Our higher levels of cortisol indicates that women experience greater levels of stress than men. When the brain is stressed, it impacts our ability to manage our emotions and make decisions. Studies also show that there are greater fluctuations of cortisol in a woman's brain than a man's brain on average each day. There is a widely spread misconception that women predominantly use their right brain associated with communication, while men predominantly use their left brain associated with verbal reasoning. While it's true that men tend to use the left side of their brain more, women use both sides of their brain for visual, verbal, and emotional responses. In a brain study at Stanford University, when shown emotional images, nine areas lit up in women, meaning they were active, while only two areas lit up in the brains of men. These discrepancies show a difference in emotional behavior between men and women. Not only do women process emotions in more places, their pathways for emotional regulation also mature faster than men's. This means women's brains are wired to prioritize emotional development. Before I continue, I want to define some key players. First is the limbic system. If you tuned into the last episode, you got a little preview of this one. The limbic system refers to components of our brain that regulate behavioral and emotional responses. Next is the amygdala. This is an almond-shaped neural cluster that is in the limbic system. It's the CEO of the limbic system. It has mega control. And its job is to process emotions. Compared with women, men have a larger amygdala, or emotional regulation center. However, Recent studies have shown that a woman's and a man's amygdala have the same recorded emotional reactivity. Where the male and female amygdala differ is their response to stimuli, specifically in the left amygdala. Men's left amygdala is more responsive to positive stimuli, while women's left amygdala is more responsive to negative stimuli. This skews our outward expression of emotions and the weight our emotions carry. Women are more sensitive and thus more outwardly responsive to negative emotions. So we present these negative emotions more, only to be labeled as too sensitive. 
Women's amygdalas also perceive more emotional nuance than men's, which contributes to our heightened emotions. Another purpose of the amygdala is aggression regulation. In the female brain, the aggression circuit is more closely linked to cognitive, emotional, and verbal functions, while in men, the aggression pathway is more closely tied to brain areas of physical action. Therefore, women's anger presents more clearly through our communication. When a man expresses anger through communication, he is seen as having conviction. When a woman does, she's too sensitive. The second lens through which we can view emotional gender differences is through the social developmental lens. The social developmental lens refers to learned gender roles humans accumulate through experience and socialization. Expectations of gender expressions of emotions are glaringly apparent in the cultural phrases we use, like boys don't cry and sugar and spice and everything nice, that's what little girls are made of. We see these stereotypes of women's emotional vulnerability across media, TV shows, movies, and songs. Girls growing up in a climate where their weaknesses lie in their emotions learn not to disrupt for fear of subverting an expected image of their niceness. In Western culture, studies show women to be more expressive of most emotions. However, interestingly, Men show similar or greater levels of physiological arousal in response to emotional stressors compared to women. Examples of such arousals are greater blood pressure and increased cortisol levels. This data suggests men internalize emotional stimulation, keeping it in, while women present more outward expressions of emotion. The final lens to view gender differences in emotion is social constructionist. This idea has more nuance than the other two. Social constructionist refers to the idea that emotional responses vary depending on behavior in the moment. The theory proposes context as the greatest influence of emotional expression. For example, how you express anger to your parents versus strangers to girl peer groups versus boy peer groups. Women and men surely have varying emotional responses in group settings. It has been proven that interaction helps regulate emotional expression and the female brain is wired for interaction. Women experience a greater rush of dopamine when connecting with others. Our brain's wiring for communication and detecting emotional tones is stronger than men's and has been since birth. The estrogen surges in infancy, which promote the ovaries development, stimulates the brain circuits wired for communication and emotional nuance. These estrogen surges in infancy are comparable to the production of estrogen in an adult female. So, since infancy, Females have been pumped up to communicate. Therefore, we are prepared, more so than men, for emotional expression. Some interesting information I came across in my research was that men pick up on subtle sadness in a face only 40% of the time, while women can do so 90% of the time. And while men and women are equally comfortable being around a happy person, 
only women reported being equally comfortable around a sad person. So basically, women are more strongly wired to experience and respond to emotion. Evolutionary psychologists may propose another perspective. Evolutionary psychology views human behavior from a perspective of how natural selection has supported the survival of genes and traits. From this lens, girls may be wired to be more perceptive to emotional stimuli because it was advantageous for nursing and nurturing babies. Young men, whose duties were limited to hunting and protecting, would not have valued emotional responsiveness as an attribute. When I get emotional, I'm known to use the excuse, it's not me, it's my brain. I partially use this, admittedly, so I don't feel weaker by giving in to emotions. After all, my cerebral wiring isn't complete yet. But more than using my brain as a scapegoat, I'm now working to understand it. My hope is that this episode helped you gain some understanding. I hope you are leaving this listen empowered in your future interactions and feeling more connection to what's going on inside. Until next time, stay educated and stay powerful.